Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the Grindcast. Simon Arias here. Get, here. Ready. Get ready. It's a new day. New day. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. And uh, we want to talk today about six things to avoid in leadership. But first, I want to shout out. We did, uh, so for the consulting company that I'm a partner in that I own, me and Marcus Smith, uh, it's called Cash Money. And uh, we did a, a contest with all the people and we did a raffle. And one of the tickets that got pulled was for $20,000. And uh, it was a brand new person uh, in our company. He was in his first month. And, and there was people that had a bunch of tickets in there. He only had one ticket. And uh, he won $20,000 yesterday. So I wanted to shout out uh, Robert Bradbury. Uh, and then I had to also shout out uh, Miss Dooney um, in, in uh, Indiana. She won 18000 off of a, a couple different pools uh, herself. So just shout out to you guys. Uh, but let's get into the, the things to avoid in, in leadership. Um, so the first one that I'm, and there's a lot. So I ju- these were just something that I was thinking about. So it's not only these six, but these are six things to avoid in leadership. And so uh, the first one is, is uh, treating everyone the same. So not everybody I think, you know, people want to be fair. You know, it sounds like it's the right thing to do. And, and, and you know, really you, you try to be fair to people and you hear that your whole life. So I think sometimes people get into leadership and they try to treat everybody fairly. And by trying to treat everybody fairly, they start treating everybody the same. And I don't think that's the right way to do it in leadership because some people have different personalities. And, you know, I remember... You know, my leadership mentor, when it comes to books and things that I've read and a person that I've studied, John Maxwell, you know, one of the, my favorite ways to explain this is, you know, he says leadership is disappointing people at a rate that they can stand. So just like as a parent, you want to critique, you want to critique your kids as they're growing up. But I mean, at 10 years old, you could just bash them all day if you wanted to, because they're messing so much stuff up. They don't understand, you know, what's going on. So you got to give it to them in doses. And so I think when, when, when you're leading people and you're trying to develop people, the difference between training and developing is training is like an event. Like we'll train you for a month. Developing someone is a long-term commitment that I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to develop you like I would a child. And so seeing it that way, you got to know where this person is at in their walk, meet them there where they are, not where you are. That's, that's like, if, if you're a parent and you're 40 and your kids are, you know, 15 and you can't close that gap a little bit because you can't remember what it was like to be in their shoes or, you know, it's, it's like, you got to meet them where they're at in their life at 15 not expect for them to meet you where you're at at 40 because you're the one that needs to lead them. So we got to go meet them and we meet them in, 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 in where they're at in their life. And, and, and we look at it and take an approach of, let me give them it in doses what they need to improve on over time. Cause if I give them too much, it could, it could discourage them or, or they'll quit or they can't handle it all. Their ego might not be built for it yet. And really, I I know it's frustrating because, because you want to, it delays the process for that individual because you know if you give them the information now 
it'll help them. But even though it would make them better, you give it to them in doses over the process. That's why people say, oh, trust the process. Don't rush the process. Everybody likes to talk about trusting the process till it's time to trust the process. So we don't need to rush into it. And then some people need you to lift them up all the time. They just need encouragement. And some people need you to challenge them all the time. Put them in com- competitive environments. Make them compete. Bring the best out of them. Grab them by the face mask. And you got to know what player you're dealing with. Because if you don't give them what they need, you won't make them play to their highest potential. And that's an art. So there's an art to leadership and a science to leadership. But, but, but like the art to it is it's not two plus two equals four. It's you got to be water. You got to be able to be adjustable, be flexible, you know, with, with, with people and be adaptable to what that person needs at that very given moment. And then also, in my experience, when you're dealing with superstars, sometimes, not all the time, they could be a little bit more difficult to, to deal with. You can't tell me that Phil Jackson treated Michael Jordan the same way that he treated every single person on the Bulls. I mean, you it might it sounds good. Maybe he would have got real close as a coach to treating people, you know, holding people accountable, being, but, but there's no way you could talk me into believing that they're treating Tom Brady the same way that they're treating the practice squad or the, uh, the backup linebacker for the Buccaneers right now after winning the Super Bowl his first year in Tampa. There's no way. And so you got to know how to balance all of that and, and, and treat people. So don't treat everybody the same. Second thing is sweating the small things as people grow. That goes along the lines of, of disappointed people at a rate that they could stand. But people start to sweat the small stuff. You know, you'll hear that in, in like relationships. They tell you don't sweat the small stuff. So people sweat the small stuff in leadership and then, you know, there's always different angles to look at it. So, you know, I'm an athlete. I pride myself on being a disciplined person. So I do sweat the little things that other people don't. But I'm talking about relationally. Not sweat this like you can't you got to sweat the small stuff in sports or you got to sweat the small details in, in, in whatever it is that, that you're doing. But from a, from a leadership perspective, it's really a relationship perspective. It's like being in a marriage or relationship with people. You can't sweat the small stuff. Relationally, personally, let stuff go. Give it time. Give things time. Disappoint them at a rate that they can stand. Third thing, over-criticizing and under-appreciating. Under, uh, under showing, you have to find a way to show that you're thankful more than you even critique and, 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 and criticize. But it's necessary to grow, to critique, criticize, always look for areas that we can improve. But try to make sure that you find time to point out when they do a good job also so it's not always every time the phone rings, this person is probably going to be getting in my ass about something. Fourth, 
you want to avoid forgetting to invest into the relationship. So it sounds basic, but you could get so business just like you could be in your marriage and you could get so business focused on your kids, focused on your job, her job, whatever is going on. You could get so focused on that. So business, you forgot that you had a relationship. And so people will warn you about that. They tell you, you know, make sure you have date night and all this stuff. Well, when you're in business with people. When you're making bread with people, you need to break bread with people. You need to you need to spend time developing the relationship and don't take that relationship for granted. So don't forget to invest into the relationship in the relationships in business. How you doing there? Are you just being a boss or are you investing into bonds, finding ways to, to learn about your people? How can you lead them if you don't know them? You should know them deeply, internally, know their life, know their upbringing, know how they came up, why they do what they do, what makes them tick. You'll know that'll help you lead them better. But you got to invest into the time and into developing that that relationship. Fifth thing. You got to avoid letting people stay in certain positions just because of their tenure. I mean, believe me, I'm all about tenure and I'm all about loyalty. I've been here doing this for 15 years. I'm surrounded by people that have been with me in this business over over a decade. You know, they've been through battle with me. We're loyal to each other. Yeah, absolutely. But none of us can get to a point where we're complacent, even me. Because people ask me all the time, how do you still keep pushing, still stay motivated when you already got a bunch of money? You already got millions. You're already doing this. You already do. How do you stay motivated? And really one of the first things to me is I feel like I would be doing my people a disservice. How selfish is it of me? Because I'm in leadership. It's different if you're only responsible for yourself. I'm in leadership. There's people that are that are in this company, in this business because of me. They 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 were attracted by me or they were attracted to me. Somehow they believe there's I, I got to add value to these people's life and give them the best that I got. Give them my best shot. Give them the I feel like they they deserve that the best. Selfish if I just start. Oh, I'm good. I don't need no. More. I'm straight. I could just kick it in gear. That what what does that say about the other people? What does that really say about your purpose? Was the purpose just to get rich? Or was the purpose to develop other people along at the same time you're getting rich, help other people get rich? Because that's one of the tricks, at least to my business, is you know how you make a bunch of money? You make a bunch of other people a bunch of money. That's how you make money. It's that simple. Look at the crew around you. Look at the people you're surrounded by. And are, are the people that are closest to you, are they making, are they making money? But we can't let people stay in a position just because of how long they've been there. We're like, this is this, we call it business athletes. We like to surround ourselves. Like, I'm all about loyalty. Yes, we have, I mean, we got people that are be here for the next 30 years, all of that stuff. But look, the minute, the minute that that the starting quarterback for the Packers can no longer perform. They have to draft a new quarterback. They got to put somebody. It's not like you can have 
Aaron Rodgers behind center at 65 years old because he was been there for a while and he still should be the starting quarterback. He's going to get his legs broke. So, same as hoops. Like, I love Mike. I'm a Michael Jordan fan. But I don't think Mike could get in there right now and just start putting up 50, 60 points a game and could we could expect him to be the NBA MVP. Like, this, this is a – you can't let people stay in a position for too long. You can't have the wrong people in the right position. Head coach, quarterback, star. Like, you, you those people have to perform. If you want to be the starting quarterback, you got to perform. If you want to be the head coach in the NFL, what do they call it? Not for long. It ain't easy to keep your job. I watched I – watched Tomlin here in Pittsburgh win Super Bowls and just have playoff after playoff and do good in Pittsburgh. This dude go one season eight and eight with a third string quarterback and they like talking to people, talking about firing them. People are like, man, you need to get rid of them. You got to get it. It's like hey, there. This is a what have you done for me lately world. And if you're in a business that needs growth, like you have to grow. You ever hear you're either growing or you're dying? If your business has to grow, your lid is going to be the people that are leading at the top. So you can't want your business to grow but have people at the top that are the lid that have, have in their mind said, I'm comfortable, I reached my potential, I don't want to really go any, push any harder because the people underneath them ain't going to be able to rise above them. That's why I say... The minute where I feel like I'm not giving it everything I got, I can bring in partners to fill a gap, you know, for that or something like that. But the minute that I like really feel like it's, man, I'm just focused on my life. I don't really, I just want to kick it in gear, cruise control and all that. I'm going to just bow out. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to retire because I couldn't do it to the game. I couldn't do it to the people. Couldn't do it to the game. Just milk it. If, if I can't give greatness to the game so don't let people just stay in a position because of their tenure and how long they've been around and then the last one is don't make the mistake don't, don't make sure that you avoid in leadership making big decisions without feedback from your inner circle so avoid that avoid making big decisions without feedback from your inner circle it doesn't mean that you always have to go with what they say sometimes you need to supersede and override that because your instinct is it is what it is you got to force that you, you we got to do what people don't want to do sometimes but if you got a crew of five let's say you got a starting five like a core inner inner circle people that are that are at the top of your organization they're leading people they make up a, a large percentage of your business. We want people, we want those people to have buy-in to whatever decisions that we're making. And the way to get their buy-in is to get let them give their input. Because I think that five brains is better than one. I like to get some input and feedback from my people because a lot of times they help me think better. They come up with great ideas that I wasn't thinking of. But at the end of the day, we got the relationship built to where they know at least I'll hear them out. And if I don't change the decision, it's not that I do that all the time. I try to find ways to at least be 50-50, at least be half the time I change 
what we're doing if if my circle thinks that it's, it's a better play call out there or something better for everybody or they want to do something different. I try to at least go 50-50 to where if they want it that bad and they believe in it that bad, I'll give them ownership of it because now guess what? You got ownership of that. So if you said you think this is going to work, you want to run this play call, well, what's the result going to be? And if the result don't happen and I gave you a chance to make that play call, are you comfortable with me making some decisions on this next time because we didn't get the result. Because if we get the result and you made the play call, I'm good with it. All I care about is us getting the result, us winning, us doing what's right for the company, for the people, for the business, for growth, for whatever. And so if we got the results, you could, you could keep making the play calls. And so people need to be careful if you take their buy-in and, and you get their input and, and they're allowed to give feedback and you come up with something, it can't just be something selfish for them because if, if the company or you don't win, if everybody don't win, then those people can't always be making the decisions. But if they usually make good decisions, they earn themselves the opportunity to make more decisions with you. And so make sure that you avoid making big decisions and not getting buy-in from your people. All right? So if this helped you, out there, these six tips in, in leadership. If you enjoy the grindcast, I'm asking you to do me a favor so we could continue to try to change our piece of the world. If you think there's a way for us to impact people together, share this with somebody that you think could benefit from it. And uh, we just started cash money mentoring. So that for the first time we got outside of our industry and our business and we got outside of that, my partner and I were doing mentoring to help other people out here uh, regardless of what your field is, regardless of what your business is, and see if we can't make an impact in, in mentoring you. And uh, if that sounds like something that you may be interested in or somebody else where we could help you, go to cashmoneymentoring.com, and uh, it'll give you instructions. On, and uh, if that's you, I look forward to serving you. Either way, I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, told him I'm a beast, bud.